0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Season 2 of the Boyfriend Proof Podcast. This is your host, Monica Azmi. I just want to thank everyone for their patience as I took a month off from recording to start up Season 2. I'm so excited to share more stories in 2021, and I'm so happy to have this platform for everyone to have an opportunity to share their stories. I have a great lineup of guests who are ready to share their hashtag Boyfriend Proof story on this podcast, and for- before I introduce our guest for today... Don't forget to follow Boyfriend Proof Podcast on Instagram, and if you want to be a guest on the next episode and you have a relationship story that you want to share, please send me a DM, or of course, if you want to stay anonymous, you can send me an email of your story to read on the show. My email is boyfriendproofpodcast at gmail.com. I would love to have you guys on my show. So today on the podcast we have a very special guest she joins me all the way from South Africa her name is Abile she's one half of the Sunflower Living podcast where her and her co-host Linky are dedicated to bringing light to living with a mental illness they cover mental health managing a mental illness the struggles and so much more. Hi Abile. Hi
1: Monica how are you thank you for that lovely introduction.
0: I'm great how are you doing?
1: I'm okay. I'm okay. A bit tired. Had a long day, but I'm just d- delighted to be here. To be quite honest.
0: Yes, we have a bit of a time difference. It's like nighttime over there. It's like nine, it almost nine thirty, I think. Yeah, yeah,
1: it is definitely.
0: And it's like eleven thirty here a.m. So I mean, I'm 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 glad that we could make it work. <laughs>
1: I'm hundred percent. It's fine. Like, that's why I was like, okay, no, let me just put this in a frame where it's like, she's not absolutely just woken up and I'm not just about to go to sleep. So yeah, it was nice to strike that balance.
0: (laughs) I love it. Yeah. So thank you so much for reaching out and being on the show to share your story. And before we get into it, do you want to share a little bit about yourself and your podcast?
1: Oh yeah, sure. So uh, I'm a dealer and, uh, I'm one half of Sunflower Living, where, as Monica said, we cover mental health. But I think we're also just branching out a little bit more into people experiences, because I think mental health is such a a taboo topic still at this point in time. But, you know, as we're going forward, we're learning that there's so many different aspects to it. So, you know, we're broadening our horizons and, you know, just having real, raw conversations with people. That's kind of what we're all about, as well as ending the stigma Um, around mental health.
0: Yeah and I love it and it's such an important topic right now too with like COVID going on and people in quarantine and people you know being lonely and that kind of stuff so I feel like a podcast where people can listen are is like a really great idea honestly.
1: Thank you so much I appreciate that and you know just as for myself I'm you know I just recently graduated from university so that's that and Mm -hmm. as much as I'm terrified I'm still kind of looking for work at the moment and that sort of thing but yeah I think at a baseline I'd consider myself a bit of a maverick writer (laughs) slash weirdo but yes that that that's just me
0: I love that. I love that. So when you first reached out to me, uh, wanting to share your story, I thought it was yeah. very powerful and brave that you wanted to be on the podcast because you mentioned you were an unfortunately in an abusive relationship, and I know people and listeners may have experienced like similar situations, and it could be really helpful to share. So I'm gonna like pass the mic to you and kind of take us back to the beginning of the relationship. You know, what was it like in the beginning?
1: So in the beginning, I think I initially met my ex under almost like I remember it so specifically because I had just come back from uni and I was trying to get um, a taxi back home and I was just flustered and it was hot. And I was like, you know, I just want to get into a vehicle and get (laughs) back home. I don't care. No one talked to me. I just want to get back home. Um, And then, you know, I found a ride and it was my ex and it was very <laughs> odd because like when I met him initially, I I, I don't know. I, I just felt this, not as if I'd met him before but there was almost like this immediate connection Mm -hmm. that I didn't really expect right and you know so as we get going and you know I tell him about myself a little bit you know because like in taxis you kind of just want to keep the conversation going so that (laughs)
0: right
1: you know nothing odd happens especially with a male person (laughs) so fine you know we're riding home and I get home he kind of gave me a bit of a discount because I think I only had like what like most of the money but not like the full amount Right, and so fine I went back in and for some reason I couldn't stop thinking about him I was like what's going on like what this is weird like I just it was a very nice conversation I'm not gonna right. lie but again I was just it started at a point where I was like I just want to get home and then suddenly I've like sparked up a thing with someone and you know as the months went on progressively you know we started talking and it became almost like a routine, Do you know what I mean? It's almost as if when you make a new friend and you're really mm-hmm. quite chuffed and you have so many things in common, so many similar experiences and opinions, it just became, you know, it, it gradually developed into a relationship and it was right. quite lovely in the beginning. I mean, I think I was very much in love. And as someone who didn't really have all that much dating experience It was very flattering and very exciting.
0: And you guys like exchanged numbers like in the taxi?
1: Not in the (laughs) (laughs) taxi. It's funny. Um, I had... What's funny is that he got my number because then the following morning, um, I needed a lift to the taxi rank. So in SA, it's it's kind of like a different spread. So you have your oh, metered taxis, uh-huh. so kind of like sort of like your Ubers and such. You you have like these bigger, almost like combi vehicles that take you to greater destinations. So like students take them. Anyone who needs to go to work takes them. It's yeah, it's like a a sixteen person shuttle that takes oh, you. Oh, I see. Like, you know, yeah, yeah. It like takes you to university or it takes you to wherever you really need to go. There are also ones that go into, you know, the bigger cities as well. Um, so I needed like an immediate because I was late to, to university. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I, I'm just not going to have like 10 minutes to wait to be loaded into a shuttle. So You know, I rang him up. I was like, hi, do you remember me from yesterday? I just need you to come pick me up. And that's how he got my number. That same day when I went back home, I had to ring him again. And then for some reason, like that day specifically, like his car just overheated. Of course. So like yeah yeah like it just had to be that day it overheated and then he ended up like just like hanging out outside my house for a little bit for the car to cool down and then yeah after that second day that's when you know the conversation started rolling and started just yeah I suppose it developed into our relationship
0: and then how were like the dates like you know he picked you up he took you places or were you mostly communicating through the phone
1: it was mostly communication through the phone and mm. then obviously like I have I'm, I'm quite privileged in the sense that you know I was able to use meter taxi for like quite a bit of my life like to get around because I don't drive um so it, it it became like instances of like wanting to see him where like for <laughs> example I could have walked to the shop but then I rang him up and then it and, you know, sort of little things like that. And I wouldn't actually say we had dates, to be honest.
0: Really? I think it was just,
1: yeah, weirdly enough. I would say it was just more when there was time to sneak away.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like a lot of our relationship happened within that taxi. And it's kind of embarrassing to say that out loud, but that's what it is. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so I think, you know, as things gradually progressed, there were a lot of things that I think I ignored because... Mm-hmm. I had something to prove to myself you know like as much as you know it was lovely and it was nice to be wanted and to like have little you know sweet morning messages and it's like oh he cares about me and it's like we're oh, <laughs> going to have a nap and I'll see you when I wake up and I love you and all of that mm-hmm. I think it, it started to be unclear to me that This wasn't the right person for me very early on, Mm -hmm. but because I had something to prove to myself, you know, because when I was much younger, when I was in high school, especially, I just remember being like really envious of like the other kids around me who seemed to just be able to like hop into relationships. And I'm just like here in my nerdy dim wanting someone to just talk about like Batman and the (laughs) the movie from like the 1940s that I watched last night. (laughs) And you know, it, it it would just like I really craved that kind of intimacy and meeting this guy who a was very he was nice to me in the beginning and is very receptive and very almost like giving of his attention. That was very nice. But I think as you know, time went on and I just realized that there's just something wrong here. I don't know how to leave. I don't.
0: So what were, like, the red flags or the concerns that you're talking about? Like, what did you see that you were like, oh, something's off?
1: So I noticed that – I began to notice that, like, every night, especially, like, you know when you wind down a conversation with your person towards the end of the night and you're going to go to bed, I noticed that he was always drinking at night. Mm. And it was never, <laughs> like – I just, like, everyone has a nightcap right now and right? Now. Or, like, it's just, like, a routine to your sleep. But I mean – like, just drinking from almost an inappropriate time. So, like, let's say he gets home at, like, 5 p.m. Like, he starts drinking from then on until he goes to bed. And so, to me, I was just like, oh, that's just something he does. You know, he's an older dude. And older dudes kind of have, like, a better hang of alcohol. Okay, cool, whatever. And then there were just moments where he would just disappear. Yeah. And- when he comes back I'm I'm like what do you do like where were you and he's like oh well you know I might have gotten a little bit too liberal on the drinking and right but then in my head as a young person I think I was only about 20 at the time turning 21 I was like okay cool no this is something to freak out about I'm just being irrational I'm overthinking this but then you know it became more and more apparent when certain behaviors started coming out so it became mm-hmm. like wanting to always spend time with me wanting to always almost control what it was I did and when I did it mm. you know what i mean and also right. like i remember this one specific time in my head I, I really and i don't know why at the time like it didn't click for me but it was dropping me off at home and i can't remember it like i you know, express my opinion about something because I'm quite an opinionated person Mm -hmm. and quite open about how I feel. Right. I don't always have, have, like, the best phrasing. Like, Mm -hmm. I tend to speak in a lot of analogies. So, you know, I was just expressing something and I could tell that he was quite annoyed, but then I was like, well, I said it, so, like, what do you want me to do? (laughs) Yeah, and then he made this motion, like, as if he was going to choke me. Wow. And then, like, in my head, for some reason, I rationalized it as oh he was just kidding you know like someone's like oh I'm gonna hurt you and then it was only later on when the relationship had ended and there had been some distance between me and that like initial trauma I was just like oh my god he was gonna hurt me like he was like in that in that moment he was gonna hurt me but it's just so mad how like You know, when you really want to be loved and to be loved the way you've seen other people be loved, you're like, "Eh." you can you can excuse a lot, unfortunately, you really can.
0: Yeah, and like going back to like the drinking, I know that's like a lot of um, people deal with that, like their partner's drinking a lot and having drinking problems or drug problems, whatever it is. Like when he would disappear, Mm -hmm. did you like suspect that he was like out partying or out with other people? That's what you thought was happening or? I think
1: initially that's what I would have thought or that's what I did think. But as it's funny, I think I realized that no, he wasn't going out with other people necessarily, but he was mm-hmm. just getting blackout drunk, miserable by himself. <laughs> to a certain degree, I think I would have preferred it if he was just out, <laughs> but no, he's just like held up wherever he is, like just drinking. And so, you know, for me that, again, I, sh- I had so many different indications. I mean, I remember when I told my mom, she was like, really? <laughs> I forgot about this really because what's so funny is that my mom is not the sort of person who like tells you what to do but rather just advises you right and like from the get-go she was like you picked him do what you (laughs) want that's fine yeah I I I may not like it like now I realize she really did not like this man (laughs) but at the time she was just like well for some reason I kind of think that she was just like well I mean this is her first experience this dating so let me just step back a little bit and then you know it everything ended how it did but I think she was very supportive of me at the mm-hmm. same time
0: oh my god that's so funny with moms like my mom is the same thing she's <laughs> just like well he did that well you have to deal with it like you that's what you, that's your problem <laughs> exactly
1: it's funny because I told her later like after like after the relationship that he had actually wanted to marry me and she's like I would have never allowed that <laughs> I don't know about that. And I'm just like, thanks, mark
0: <laughs> Oh my god, was he like ever like open with his emotions? Because I know when people drink, they're very like, you know, dealing with you know trauma or their emotions or whatever. Was he like ever? Did he ever like communicate with you like why he drinks a lot, or was there like, like did he communicate feelings and emotions to? It
1: was a lot of anger. That's mm-hmm. what I remember. A lot of anger. A lot of like expression of resentment towards like how his life has turned out Mm -hmm. and obviously you know you get that you want to be supportive you want to be like that cushion for someone to be like oh hey no I like even though I you know I don't really understand that sort of thing but especially you know him being a man and having grown up the way that he did I think I mean he was 12 years older than me so there really was that that power disparity as well which I recognize now because you know how you grow up and it's like oh yeah I want an older man and they'll be able to like (laughs) take better care of me and pay their bills and right uh." (laughs) I'm here to say there's nothing wrong with dating an older person but the moment there comes like where they want to almost assert themselves and their way of like doing life on you that's when it becomes an issue so you know kind of coming back to his drinking it was often an expression of rage it was often an expression of resentment and like how his life used to be as opposed to what it is now Mm
0: -hmm. but I also
1: noticed that there was never any sense of like responsibility from him right
0: so you mean like he like you know things would happen and he wouldn't like take care of like the consequences of his actions is that what you mean
1: that's what I mean yeah where it's just like oh no things happened to me I had no control I didn't have choices and, and, right. and, and it's like yeah but dog you did though. <laughs> Do you know what I mean but then you you're afraid to say that because I think when you are so inexperienced it's like mm-hmm. oh no I've got to keep my man happy like just destiny's child catered to <laughs> you kind of energy right <laughs> it's just like no I need to take everything make sure he's fine it's okay even though you can see that this is very reckless behavior and to a certain degree as someone who is this person's partner I should call them out and be like but No. And I mean, there were instances where I was like, I mean, maybe just go to therapy. And he'd be like, no, I didn't like therapy because (laughs) I'm just like, yeah, no, because it's uncomfortable. And I understand that. But, you know, in hindsight, I did know I think I I did know that I had to get out but I just didn't know how to
0: and like also Um, you can only do like so much for somebody when they don't actually need the help or want to like get their life back in order and it's like there's only so much you can do especially when you're young like you're like 20 and you're like trying to like like kind of like raise this like older man it's just like that dynamic is so weird to me
1: oh my god right actually I love that you said raised him because I think it was a it was like a, a kind of not a double-edged sword to say but it was like this weird duality where I wanted to fix him and then I wanted to
0: mm-hmm.
1: like almost have him grow up do you know what I mean almost like yeah. mold him into who I needed him to be which just wasn't a thing and I think like now I kind of like look back and I cringe a little bit because it's like <laughs> uh, but he knew better <laughs> like he really did but yeah you know where I'm at now and how things gradually progress I was very happy in certain instances but then I think I also realized that I was not maybe to some degree he did love me but mm-hmm. I think it was about possession more than anything
0: Right? wow that's mm. so crazy and especially like I know when older men tend to like date younger women they like definitely have that like oh like I can control her She like she's like mine she doesn't know anything like I'm older like I'm gonna be like the person with the pants in the relationship but like in your perspective you're like actually like I'm wearing the pants like I'm doing
1: everything exactly because I mean like again you know he was a taxi driver and I was you know a you know I'm an upper middle class black girl so (laughs) to some extent I did date you know again it it really did come from almost this desperation to prove to myself that I could be in a relationship and I wasn't Mm. just like the girl in the corner who read all the time and you know had a weird fixation with counterculture (laughs) it was just You know, like I could be loved by another person, but I think at that time, especially, I did think that I was like, you know, I had it together and I knew Mm. where I was going. But I think in this relationship, I saw that there were certain things and certain mentalities and beliefs that I had to change because it almost landed me in a lot of trouble.
0: Yeah, that's so crazy that you say that, like, basically, like, going into the relationship, you were going into it because you had to prove something to yourself because of, like, your past experiences in high school and, like, you know, not being in a relationship and watching everyone and kind of, like, proving, oh, am I good enough? Like, will somebody like me? And that's, like, the most relatable thing, like, like, (laughs) because, like, I was literally the same thing, like, kind of just, like, oh, high school just ended. I'm in college now. Oh, Let me just like date the first person that comes up to me because it's like, I just want to feel validated.
1: Exactly. That's exactly what it was. It was getting that validation to say that I can do it too, damn it. And then it's like, well, no, this is horrible. I don't know what I'm doing because I think, you know, the way that we're raised and socialized, especially as women, you know a relationship is an accomplishment to some degree mm-hmm. and it doesn't have to be that way. But I also think, you know, when I look back and I'm like, okay, I was really in this like abusive situation where I wasn't treated the way that I deserve to. I sold myself short in a lot of instances. I put mm-hmm. up with a lot. I mean, the number of times that like he got drunk and then would leave me just like a long rambling, very oh mean God. voice. Note, yeah. And then it's like, <laughs> I do not need to do this but for some reason I am I remember one night I was at my grandmother's house with my mom we were visiting and you know I'd been off my phone for a couple of hours because you know just hanging out with the family and you know I get back to my phone I'm just going to bed I'm it's him and then I'm listening to it and I just start bawling my eyes out because he had like you know when someone like doesn't directly break up with you but like they, they yes like, infer it yep <laughs> and so I like I put my phone down and I'm bawling and bawling and bawling and I go to my, my mom and I'm like please come here I'm just like not having a great time and my grandmother follows her and she's like why are you crying what's wrong tell me I tell her that no it's because of my boyfriend and whatever else and she's just like really oh my goodness it's so funny because then the next morning my mom was like break up with him I'm like
0: no but just but like Yeah, exactly so <laughs> like making me. all these excuses for him like you don't understand like he was drunk he didn't mean it but like people don't recognize like because I totally understand what you're talking about with like drunk texts and they're like they're kind of mm-hmm. off and they're like texting you all these things and rambling and they're not there like 100% list. so you're like that's not really them because I know the sober them but people yeah. don't understand like how traumatic those texts can be because you can like still remember like what they said even though like that's not them so you try to like put it in your head like that's not them but like they literally still said it and still traumatic because I still remember what they said
1: exactly and not even remember exactly what they said but how it felt to receive that and just sort of like for some reason I don't know why it's you know sometimes like a a knee-jerk reaction to want to excuse it but Mm -hmm. you know and I mean, after that, the relationship continued for like another two months or so. And our breakup, which I don't really want to go into like immense detail with, was very messy. I mean, my older brother got involved and I was just, you know, I'm, you know, someone who does suffer from a lot of anxiety. I don't think I've ever been that anxious, that panicked. I mean, I couldn't even go to work the next day yeah. because he knew where I worked and he knew you know, what my schedule was and how, you know, which days I rotated from like between the two different shops. I was working at a pet shop at the time. Mm-hmm. And so there was just like for the next couple of months and, you know, this result, like that, like how everything broke up and almost like having just the, like the, the gravity of like, what a messed up situation this was just, almost like offload on me all at once it did cause me to have you know a mental breakdown and I did have to go I did have to be institutionalized for a while and I think what's so crazy is that at the time and even still now I do still feel humiliated but to a certain degree I also recognize that I had to go through that to learn what it is that I want in You know, a long term relationship and almost what it takes, you know, because like sometimes it's so crazy how, you know, you'll look at a certain couple and be like, oh, they love each other so much. And then they break up and it's like, oh no, this was some absolute nonsense, like on the daily. We just had like a really good social face. And I think I realized that, you know, as someone who is very introspective and always wants to improve on themselves. You know, I I kind of have to find an energy that is a lot like my my own. Definitely. Yeah, and I, so I don't I don't even I don't like obviously you'll look back and be like oh that was so dumb like what was yeah. I thinking? <laughs> like wow
0: yeah I
1: really I went through all of it's so funny because me and my best friend will still talk about it like yo dude why did you not stop me <laughs> <laughs> I think you should have said something. <laughs> And then she's like, yeah, but you were happy. And I was like, I know I was happy, but I, I think, you know, something that I always go back to in my mind was that at some point, you know, when things were sort of like slowly falling apart, not falling apart, but like, you know, his real manipulative, needy clingy self was coming out. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I wrote in my journal at the time, I was like, I would rather be lonely than um, suffer a violent love. Wow, And that was, that was almost like the marker for that entire relationship was that it was better that I'd been alone than have just suffered through this entire thing. But, right. you know, there are a lot of lessons from it. And I don't, I regret certain aspects. I regret not living, not leaving sooner,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but overall, obviously I can't do it again because right. know, I'm in the present. I don't
0: want to do it again, right. but
1: you know, there's like so many things that, I mean, hence I reached out to you because I was like, I feel like someone needs to hear this where it's like, yes, like don't just, you know, I I can understand the want to like hang on to that first person who says that they love you. But, Mm -hmm. you know, like listen to that little voice in your head that like begins to say, this is a terrible idea. Because I mean, at the beginning, when I'm in this taxi coming home from university, at no point was I, did I think, yeah, I'm going to get into a, an abusive relationship with someone 12 years older than me. It's going to be great. <laughs> like, yeah. you never anticipate that kind of thing. You just don't. And I think that's often what people miss around the conversation of abusive relationships is that no one plans to get into one. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But some- yeah. But, some- but somehow you have to plan to get out of it.
0: So how many times did it take for you to actually leave? Like, what was the breaking point for you?
1: Oh, my God. I think the breaking point was the Sunday where like, he just went into an absolute, like, because usually Sundays were like the days where we would just like spend the day together. Mm -hmm. And that particular Sunday, my brother was coming around and I was really, really nervous about introducing him my brother Mm -hmm. and so you know that had been a fight all week and I just I don't know in my in my stomach I kind of knew that it was just not going to end well it really Mm -hmm. was not going to end well and so I was like no it's fine you don't have to come around whatever whatever and I you know I said that in a message to him and a few hours later he just got blind drunk and was absolutely vicious towards me and mean and he told me that I wasn't a good person and that it's my own fault and why am I not proud of him? And I promised all of these things at the beginning of our relationship. And now that's just gone out the window because of my family. Wow. And like, in my head, it's like so funny because like a part of me wanted to be like, yeah, but they were here before you. So what do you Exca-
0: want to do? <laughs> exactly, like, what the heck?
1: Yeah, excuse me? Like, <laughs> obviously, I'm going to pick them over you. Who are you? Um, and so, you know, I think overall, the re- like that was the... The breaking point where it was like it it almost had to explode the way that it did
0: mm-hmm.
1: um and kind of create this wedge or tension between me and my family for a while to almost like show me what it was that was most important but I mean you know coming back to your question that was the big blow up where it's like this person is like you know when someone just shows their entire um personality or like the things that hold them back and what they perceive of themselves
0: right that's
1: that's just what I thought I mean for a while we were we were in a group chat with his friends I mean it was so it was just absolutely wild like I mean he had his mom call me afterwards he'd be like no he didn't mean it he loves you blah 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 and I'm just like no oh my god <laughs> no, no no this is this is not happening I'm just not gonna do it and I think i really did oh my god it's crazy like the following sunday no i'm lying i think it was one of the days that i went to work because i did sometimes work on the weekends Mm -hmm. he actually left um an envelope in my mailbox with like a usb on it Mm -hmm. and i was just like i do not want to have to deal with this like i just (laughs) i was so panicked I was mm-hmm. so panicked and I had to go to work and I left it with my mom. Um and so when I get, when I got home I opened it and it was just like some movie on there like almost trying to make it better somehow like everything that yeah. just happened could just be smoothed over with this like sappy whatever movie and I didn't mm-hmm. even watch it. I just like chucked the thing. I was like, "You know what? I no. We're not doing this." Yeah. And I wow. think it was so I think what was so wild was that for like such a long time afterwards, I didn't even feel safe in my own home right? because like I knew where he lived and there was just like this primal instinct where I knew something wasn't going to happen, but I also did. I, I could not be certain that something wasn't going to happen, you know? And I was actually glad that I had the support of like my mom and my other friends around me. I mean, I had one of my friends go and, you know, drop off the stuff that I had from Mm -hmm. him Right. And it's it's funny, I think I'll really finally be free of him once I properly, like, get another number, if I can put it that way. Even though I don't want to lose right. my current one because I've had it forever. But there is almost like that last little hurdle that I have to get over, even though it's been years. But, oh, it's oh, so annoying. There was one birthday where he actually reached out to me and I was mm-hmm. just like, no block yeah. block yeah. block him again <laughs> just like just block you block some more like you know sometimes you wish you could like do that first round of blocking again that's what it felt like where it was like no i'm not dealing with this
0: he creates like numbers that continue texting you is that what he does not what
1: he he did that for a bit but then it <sighs> was i think it was my birthday like two years ago where he'd done that and i was just like block block Block. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I mean it's, it's just crazy. like the extent it really is but I think the extent to it now that I'm saying all of this out loud I was like understand <laughs> the gravity of it right and like and like seeing what it sounds like to another person mm-hmm. and you know again that's why I want to share this story to say that you know I got out when I did but I also know that it could have ended very differently.
0: That's so crazy. Like that breaking point and like kind of just realizing at the moment that like, oh, you know, this is not what I want. Like this isn't love, like all these Mm -hmm. things. And like, you don't realize it till later, which is really like sad, but I feel like you had to go through all those things to really get to where you are. Like, did you ever think like at any point, like, oh, things will get better, things will change? Like, did you keep like striving for that?
1: Oh, 100%. I mean, I remember these very like, intimate conversations about how yeah you can still achieve your dream of doing what it was you wanted to do when you were younger I can help you I can do the research I can you know but then it became more and more apparent that no this person wasn't willing to be uncomfortable to get to where they wanted to be you know like I mean I could like flash forward sometimes like almost see that I would be the breadwinner. I would be the one doing (laughs) everything. And then, but then simultaneously, I would still be at his will. Do you know if that makes sense? Yeah. (laughs) And like, I look back on that and it's like, you know, I did make excuses in those moments. I would like psych myself up to be like, yeah, he's really going to change. He's really going to become a better person. And then that just wouldn't happen. It wouldn't. And I mean, we would have so many different, like discussions or like disagreements about simple things
0: right and then
1: for some not that it blows it blows up but then I would be like frozen out simply because I just didn't agree with what he had to say
0: no yeah definitely and like honestly like when you go through that and like you're just like what the heck like I know that you can be a good person and I, cause like Mm -hmm. I met that initial good person, but then you like kind of just think about, oh, like, but what is that? Is that a fake person? Was that not even real in the beginning? And then you just go crazy.
1: Exactly. Like you can really fall into like the charm of that yeah. uh, that initial meeting and like, you know, this first couple of weeks and it's like, oh, he's, up, he's so sweet. He bought me lunch. And then you, you know, you're like where right. I'm at now. It's like, that was a rubbish lunch though. <laughs> no nutritional value. There wasn't <laughs> even salad. Like, like, it was just, it was awful. <laughs> but, you know, at the time it was very sweet because when you don't have a reference for that or when your reference for that is, what mediocre teenage boys and or girls can afford you don't know better
0: exactly you
1: really don't and you don't know what it is that you would like I mean now I know that had I been more assertive I would have just asked for fruit or you know asked to read a book together or like hey could you listen to this new band that I found together because I'm a really big music lover um so that was something I'm actually glad that I never shared like the extent of it with him Mm -hmm um but at the same time you know there is a part of me I'm never gonna get back Mm -hmm. and there is a part of me that doesn't remain broken but isn't as trusting Mm. especially of older men who want to like because like thinking about it now there's no reason for someone that much older than you to be like (sighs) hanging out around you something I've noticed is that anyone older who has to hang out with younger people there's something iffy about them (laughs) (laughs) like Beyond, yes. beyond like maybe like a working relationship, like to me, a 32-year-old has no business speaking to someone who's like 16, unless it's like in passing or it's like, a, hey, how are you doing? Okay, I'm going to go to the kids' exactly. table sort of thing. Like, there's no, why are you doing this? Stop. And it's, you know, but again, as a woman and as the way that we're socialized, you're made to think that the, own, not even the only person that you can trust, but the most safe, the most secure that you will ever be is with a man that is older than you. And I think I realize now that oftentimes that's like a, it, it's a good way to weave the web of control in a lot of ways. I mean, I remember one specific incident as well where I had just gone out to hang out with one of my friends and, you know, he picked me up, he dropped me off at home and I'm just, and he was so pissy that entire ride home. Like there were just like moments where he's like weaving in and out of like the lanes and just being like passive aggressive in a very strange and calculated, somewhat creative way, I'll say Mm -hmm. that. Somewhat creative. Um, So (laughs) you know and then I get home and I'm like okay what was that fine whatever I guess we'll talk about it later and then he texts me like you knew I was trying to make plans for us to go and hang out and I'm like but you're working it's a Saturday
0: <laughs> what like,
1: there's like that makes no sense right. <laughs> it's just, right and it was just so illogical at the same time because all I could think was my friend was here way before you though so that doesn't you know like you can't dictate who I spend my time with
0: exactly and again
1: that was another red flag that I chose to ignore you know and I was just like oh well maybe he's 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 not to spend time with me (laughs) he loves me and it's just like no he wants to own you and it's maybe I also intimidated him to a certain extent because I am quite I don't want to say smart because then I sound like I'm blowing my own horn. But
0: you know what I mean? Like I know, yeah, right, right. Definitely understand. You're just more like intellectually like aware of things.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Like I I like to observe and know what's going on around me and be almost like somewhat involved with the world around me and like know Mm -hmm. what it is people are talking about. Exactly. I'm not I'm not insular and I hate being boxed in as well. Like it absolutely agitates me. So I mean, to some extent, I'm I'm sometimes even surprised, like, but why did I do that? And then I come back to, well, I needed to know that I could be in a relationship and that I could be. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, I think the worst part of it for me is realizing that that there were moments where I was manipulated into having sex with him. -hmm. You know, and it was, it was like framed as, oh, I'm being romantic and I just really miss you. And then like in hindsight, it's like, no, (laughs) no, that's not what it was at all. Mm -hmm. It really was just a a manipulation tactic Mm -hmm. to get what it was he wanted. And there were like instances where like afterwards I would just feel off if I could put it that way Mm -hmm. like uncomfortable like I know that I consented to this but it just doesn't feel right it was a lot of that kind of thing where it's like oh you you like start to recognize when you remove that oh these are like these little subtle ways that you know he was able to manipulate me because he did have more experience and all of these mm-hmm. other things.
0: You know, when it ended and you were just trying to live like kind of your life without him and your single life, what was like the healing process for you? Like what did you do to get yourself out of like sadness or anxiousness or anything like that?
1: Oh my god, there was like, I think a good six months or so where I felt as if I was just destroyed I mean I I felt as if I just had to not just pick myself back up but almost it was it was a combination of shame humiliation and just like agony I was like almost desperate to get back to him for some reason and it's Mm -hmm. so crazy to think about because it's like no this person hurt me I I can't go back to something that hurt me. But in your head, when you're, you know, just out of it, it doesn't make sense to want anything else but him, Mm -hmm. right? It's like, no, he'll take this pain away. We can try again. It's fine. We can like apologize and start all over again. And Mm -hmm. it's okay. It's okay. We can fix this. But then, you know, you just want to stay in the safety of knowing that you don't have to go through that anymore, but because you're still so close to it it was a lot of pain, a lot of crying, a lot of, you know, like I said, I had to be institutionalized at some point to really just get this person out of my system and contend with the full face of ugly and, you know, just destructive and toxicity of what that relationship was and what it did to me and what it took from me. So, you know, the healing process for me was, you know, about six months to a year, possibly even two years, Mm -hmm. but when i realized that i was okay and that you know me as a person as an individual am you know an entire like labyrinth of uh like i said in the beginning i'm a bit of a weirdo and i'm quite eccentric and that's fine <laughs> you know i don't right. have to i think i realized that i didn't have to tone myself down to be loved because the right person um, you know not to alienate any polyamorous people but the right person or people will accept you wholeheartedly and that was something that I saw that was something that I, I had to see not just in funny enough I I saw it in in two ways I saw mm-hmm. the individual love for myself as well as the love that I had from my friends and family I mean my family I could describe myself as a bit, not even a bit of a black sheep. I am the black sheep mm-hmm. in the sense that, you know, I've done so many things that are not in line with the culture in which I exist, mm-hmm. but they've never tried to stop me. They've right. never tried to, you know, change who I was. Do you know what I mean? Like I right. remember once my dad actually drove me to, a metal festival
0: <laughs>
1: and he drew like my boomer presbyterian like just conservative father drove me to a metal concert and then he picked me up <laughs> and he got me food and we went back home and you know th- that's the I had to almost like contend with I am loved. It may not be in the way that I want or the way that I imagined. But, you know, here is this whole network of people that sees me and has never tried to change me, has never tried to say, well, maybe Oh, maybe you just don't want to listen to Beyonce once or twice. Like, no, it's fine. There's like one or two songs that I dig, but it's not the whole catalog. And I think right. I'm fine exactly and then it was my self-love to say that oh I was disconnected from myself in these ways Mm -hmm. this is how I tried to fill it and this is why it didn't work and so now I'm at a place where it's like I know what it is I want for a future relationship Mm -hmm. I'm scared to a certain degree um I've had to contend with the idea that I may die alone
0: oh my gosh (laughs) But I mean, like,
1: I feel like that's a really valid question and something that more and more people need to almost face to be like, okay, but what if you don't? Right. And, you know, in either narrative, I'll be okay, because I have this love and respect for myself that I had to almost fight for and rediscover Mm -hmm. and mine to get through. And I think, that's something that I'm almost grateful for that because had I not gone through what I went through and had I not left the relationship that I left... I wouldn't be this person right now. Yeah.
0: And they, like, I love how you said, like the healing process for you took, you know, like six months to like two years. And it's not like, oh, quick. It's different for everyone, honestly. But it's like, it's not like a Mm -hmm. quick, like, okay, like, let me just start dating again. Like, la la la. Like, it's whatever. It's different for everyone, especially like if it was like your first, like real relationship, real, like, you know, feelings and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So like, where are you now? Are you dating? What are you looking for?
1: I'm not in a relationship. I don't really want to be in a relationship. I always hate like these quotes that you'll find online. It's (laughs) "It's not about the right person or right time. And it's like, no, life does not work like that. (laughs) It doesn't. It really fucking doesn't. Um, People are, you know, people are going through things and they're going through their own, stuff and they may want to be with you but I think to a certain extent they're just not able to because life Life, they may be sparing you from something and to some degree I can appreciate that but the short answer is no I'm not dating at the moment but I'm no longer as afraid and I am very open to love where I am at the Mm -hmm. moment
0: yeah, I love how you kind of took us through your journey and like your past and all that, and where you, how you got to where you are right now. So I just thought that was like a beautiful and like amazing progress. And I feel like everyone should strive for that.
1: Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. I mean, I'm by no means a perfect person. I'm, you know, I'm often very upfront about how as self-aware as I am, there are certain parts of myself that I absolutely loathe. And, you know, I think sometimes it's about especially like when you talk about relationships, any kind of relationships, because mm-hmm. love is not one thing. Love is many things. You, you know, it's about, there's this line that I love that I heard on uh, Chris Hardwick's podcast, funny enough, years and years ago. And it just stuck in my mind about how, you know, in relationships, in love of any kind, mm-hmm. it is about the having and not the keeping. Wow. You know, you, you can't, I think the moment you want to keep something beyond you know what it beyond like the joy that it gives you and the learning or the challenge or whatever else it gives you then it becomes selfish and I think to a certain degree you can't be selfish in any kind of relationship maybe a working relationship or something and you're like bartering over no I want 50% and that's it right right there really is I think a level to which you have to be selfless and you have to understand that as much as people will love you, they will hurt you, but that's not because they intend to a lot of the time, but because they are themselves imperfect, complex beings. Mm
0: -hmm. And, you
1: know, you need to allow, I think you you need to love everyone on their own level and understand Mm -hmm. that they will also return that. And if they don't, it's fine to walk away as terrifying as it is. But, you know, and especially you know, speaking to anyone who might be listening to this, who may have gone through something abusive, you will be okay. Like as terrifying (laughs) as it is. And I mean, my situation by no means was as violent as it could have been, but Mm -hmm. I do know of people who are in really, really terrifying situations, especially now during lockdown, you know, you're trapped with your abuser in some instances, but it is possible to, you know, be brought to your knees, especially when you've given so much of yourself and revealed so much of yourself. You you will be okay. You can pick yourself up. I mean, even if you're crawling, you're a lot further than you <laughs> right. were yesterday. And, you know, it is possible to get up from that. It really mm-hmm. is.
0: While we end here, do you have like any advice for people, you know, trying to get out of a relationship and like finding themselves again?
1: Oh, gosh. I mean, I would say the first step is always to live and mm-hmm. to do so absolutely. So, you know, get out, move out or even just reach out to whatever local resources there are, whether it's law enforcement or, you know, women's shelters, whatever. There are people who are willing to help you, but you have to be willing to It's okay that you were wrong and it's okay that you loved a damaged person. Mm -hmm. But the first step is always to leave and do so absolutely. So a completely clean break, block them on everything. Make sure they don't know where you are. Make sure that, you know, mutual friends that you have know that this is what is going on and don't let them know where you are, you know, just like create a barrier around yourself and allow, I think the second step is to allow yourself to feel the pain of that betrayal,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, to feel the pain of, I was wrong, but I didn't know how to get out. And now I'm out and I just feel naked. Mm-hmm. It's okay to want to go back, but it's so important that you don't, because then it just begins again and it begin. And, you know, then you have to try and get out again. So, you know, go through that ugly, naked, bare feeling and just know that it really does get better and take it one day at a time. Like some days are worse than others. I can yeah. definitely attest to that. <laughs> yeah, And, you know, having been in a situation where I had to be institutionalized, I think, you know, that distance and that space really did help me understand that this was not good for me, you know, and if you, if something makes you sick, you stop doing it or you get rid of it. So, I mean, you know, we can see that in our body chemistry and whatever, you know, when you have a flu, your body is trying to exercise that. And it's the same thing with an abuser or just anyone who is toxic around you, whether it is a friendship or even just, you know, a close relationship like with a parent or an aunt or a grandmother, So, yeah, I would say that 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 really is the first step and take your time in your healing. It doesn't matter if you're over it in five months or five years, Mm -hmm. but you will get to that point where, you know, you see yourself as yourself and you don't allow another person to take care of you because that will be your greatest asset in your healing is understand that they didn't take everything from you.
0: Right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I totally agree with everything you said. And like, everything is really, it's really important. Like, honestly, it's really important to like, sometimes when you're in that like abusive relationship, it's really important to be kind of like selfish towards your own health and your mental health, physical, whatever, emotional, Mm -hmm. because like that person is not like protecting your energy. So it's really- it's really important to like protect your own energy when the person you supposedly is in love with you or the person that you love is not doing that so it's like you need to like bring back your confidence again and again like what you said you know it could be five months five years whatever just take your time
1: absolutely and I mean if there's no pressure to fall in love, like there shouldn't be because like, I think that's just like, again, the yeah. fantasy that we're like brought up with, with no, it's going to happen like this. I'm going to be 21. We're going to get married by 28. We're going to have a house. It's going to be like, it's, it right. doesn't work like that. It's so much messier and so much more complex, you know? And I think Definitely. just, you know, one more thing and something that my friend always tells me, one of my best friends, I adore her tells me that, you know, what you're looking for is looking for you you know Mm -hmm. so there is like there are several different I mean there are obviously those theories that say that there's the one and then there are also several different people you could end up with Mm
0: -hmm. but
1: you know whichever way someone will love you and love you absolutely and unconditionally
0: Wow, that's that's I didn't even think of it like that. That's an interesting <laughs> way of thinking about that. That's so crazy. I yeah. love that. All right, guys. Well, if you want to keep up with Abila, you can find her podcast Instagram at Sunflower Living Pod, and you can yes. listen to the podcast on Spotify and all the platforms. And you can also follow her Tumblr blog at Liminal heathen I'm not writing all that
1: much on there but mm-hmm. as of the well I want to say like I'm, I'll give myself a, a deadline of like from next week I'll sh- I should be regularly posting <laughs> so yes. yeah follow me on there guys thank you so yes. much in advance.
0: I'm so happy that you came on the podcast it's been so yes. exciting I loved everything that you had to say and thank you so much for sharing your story
1: no problem thanks so much again oh. Monica
0: Of course. And thank you everyone else for tuning in. I have so many awesome guests coming up to share their hashtag boyfriend proof story. So stay tuned for that. And if you or someone you know would like to be on the show to share your story, shoot me a DM on Instagram at boyfriend proof podcast. And we'll be back soon for another boyfriend proof story. Goodbye.